Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 318 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, Bridget Nelson. I really need to start singing people's names more. It just feels right, doesn't it? I feel certain you're going to enjoy this episode. I feel certain, too, that if you join me at PodX, May 31st to June 2nd, 2019, in the heart of Nashville, you're going to enjoy the hell out of yourself. Pardon my use of the H double hockey sticks at the Music City Center. It is an opportunity to talk podcasting, to see podcasts, for podcasters to meet other podcasters, for fans to meet podcasters. If there is a term that has podcasting in it or an activity, I guarantee you it's going to happen at this con. I'm real psyched about it. You can go to podx.com slash jvclub. You're going to get 10% off your tickets. I'm doing this like flailing with my arms right now that I'm trying to look cool and emphatic. But if you could see me, it's extremely embarrassing. Uh, Maybe I'll do it in person at podx but no guarantees. Um, And if you just go to podx.com for uh, website updates, you're going to see a constantly updated list of live shows. It's a convention. It's a fan meetup. It's a place for podcasters to talk podcasting with each other and with fans. I'm going because there's a ton of different podcast genres represented there, and I'm going to be meeting some of my heroes of podcasting. So I hope to see some of you there. Remember, you can go to podx.com slash jvclub at checkout for a discount. I guess I also need to start singing discount like I sing people's names because it also feels right. Uh, All right. I will talk to you soon. Mike and I are hobos. I guess I didn't realize that. I mean, it 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 makes sense. Um, We're sitting around a crackling fire right now. (laughs) What do you add things to give it a little more crackle? Or is that just an organic, <laughs> natural crackle that happens? The crackling fire. The crackling yeah, fire. Yeah, I think it's just a, yeah, I think all fires romantically crackle, don't they? <laughs> oh, sure. Well, listen, you would know. You guys uh, humping, uh, jumping from car to car. I just said humping from car to car. That's also definitely not what I meant at all. Uh, only when we get a car to ourselves. That's right. We do that. That's right. I think I'm just so I'm just so overwhelmed with excitement that we're actually recording that I, I know, can't. I know. I, I kind of can't I like believe this. it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm glad you got to sleep the morning that we were um, in the same hotel, and your husband let you oversleep because it's he is your husband. I'm sorry. Uh, not. I mean, no, Almost. not te- not technically yet, not officially, okay, okay. but it sure feels like it okay. in a good way. Right. Right. Um, um, he just let you sleep and that was good because I can't believe how much work you have to do for that, the sketch fest. I mean, it is wow. a big undertaking. That was a crazy weekend too. There was just a lot going on. I mean, I guess you could say that about every weekend, but that one <clears> felt, I, for me personally, that one was particularly busy and kind of crazy. Um, yes. And I think the rain always makes everyone in California um, on edge. Oh, absolutely. But even yeah. in a city like San Francisco that gets a fair amount. Do you miss now you're you went back to a place where there is significantly more weather than Oh my goodness. Um San yes. Diego. So we moved back here. Um um we moved back let's see four years ago. Okay, so we lived in Minnesota, lived in Minnesota, blah blah blah. blah. Then we went to California to start Rift Tracks and uh, you know, on a wing and a prayer and it woohoo, it, it worked and Razor <laughs> our kids went to high school there. They went off to college and when our second son, George, went to college. 
Mike and I barely talked about it. We're like, we could probably move home. And then the next thing I know, I hear him on the phone with his friend, Bob, we're moving home. And and we did not even have a discussion. And I just kind of was like, Oh, I guess we're moving home. Like I, I, it kind of made it easier. Like, Oh, we don't even have to discuss this because I basically want to go home too. (laughs) And so we came back to Minneapolis and that was in 14, I think. So yeah, it's been I can't believe it's been that long. I I mean, I really do that super cliche thing where I've now gotten to the age where I can't discern between six months and four years. I just can't do it. And so in my mind, in my mind, there's no way like, oh, but remember when we all had dinner, you guys still live there. I mean, that was like 2012. So why would I think that, you know, I just can't keep track. It just seems like just yesterday when Happy Days was on and now it's not, (laughs) you know. Are we, have they canceled reruns? Because I mean, that was a, that had a robust rerun life <laughs> I know it I remember the first uh the first time it was on you know the ads for like ABC this fall and then um the Fonz one of the you know quick cuts was the Fonz looking in the mirror and then like not combing his hair because he looks so good oh yeah the next day yes the next day that's all anybody was doing it was a hit <laughs> like the ad was a hit <laughs> <laughs> had anyone seen that? This may be a naive question, but had it, was anyone familiar with Henry Winkler before he was introduced to the world as the Fonz? Was it like, I, oh, is that the guy from, or was it like, or had he been so, on? But I bought Levin in immediately. I got his posters from Dynamite Magazine. I took my friend Barbie and I took pictures of me holding the poster of Henry Winkler. <laughs> And then you made a poster of that and you hung that up and then you took a picture of yourself standing next to the poster of yourself <laughs> holding on, the poster. And on and on. <laughs> but I couldn't, my mom wouldn't let us put posters on the wall because we had to have like a really clean, perfectly decorated house. So no. everything had to be on the inside of the dresser. So we had him and John Travolta and Bruce Lee. We were totally into Bruce Lee, my sister and I. So it was <laughs> all on the inside. That makes it so surreptitious. It makes it like a like a cell, like it's on the top of the, your bunk in your prison cell. <laughs> yes, yes. And then the outside of the house was all just, you know, the room was perfectly decorated. How, what was the style? Even Give me some the, examples. The vacuum of the... pattern was always perfect too. Oh, uh, she would vacuum... No pattern on the way out and so it always looked good oh it was like a cursive a very careful cursive of like thanks for coming a little within the nap of the what was your mom's style like what was that what was her color scheme I assume she had my mom Dar my mother's name is Dar Jones she everything was Grecian gold and uh yeah so Grecian gold and um a moss green and we had my dad was Italian, so we had a lot of statues, like kind of <laughs> Grecian, Grecian women. Oh my! And, um, oh yeah, yeah. But it was all in a small town, kind of suburban, split by level. This very dramatic um, <laughs> decor, and like we had like a kind of a foil in our bathroom that was very dark, and that was filled with filigree and like kind of like Liberace in Sock oh, Rapids, Minnesota. Why? Do you have pictures yeah. of all this stuff? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. good. Good good good. They the neighbors they everyone got together and they sent away to to Italy for these statues, these kind of sculpture things. <laughs> and we had the Grecian looking woman or groman, I don't know, but she had her arms up and then kind of a diaphanous gown and that was in our living room. Um, <laughs> and I had a party in high school while my parents were gone and I thought, "Oh, I got to get rid of this thing." So I put it in the bedroom in the back bedroom and I shut the door. And then the next morning when I went to go put it back, it was broken. 
now wait a minute this has turned into like a brady bunch episode what i'm not kidding it was broken. so someone like, just bumped broken. up against it and it was just a couple of people over but i was very embarrassed of the statue yeah yeah and so nobody broke it oh it obviously broke when i slammed oh. the door oh, oh no <laughs> oh no and it was and a then, true like from from a crate like off yes. a ship in italy yes for gile oh, yes no. for absolutely what how much trouble did you get in oh janet <laughs> i the sit down and uh are you ashamed of us are the things that we buy uh, oh, <laughs> embarrassing oh, no. to you <laughs> you know that whole thing <laughs> and then that was just that was it we didn't have it anymore so they didn't they were like we're not gonna take we can't she's irreplaceable it's not like we can just yeah. go get another one of diana or that, whatever her name yeah. was whatever her name was and yeah but there's pictures from the 70s of like kind of crazy parties where people were decorating her and stuff so you know maybe it was a good thing how, how big was she <laughs> i mean she was movable i guess you could um, move her she was movable i think she was probably three feet tall that's significant <laughs> yes and then you kind of had to shove her into the into the pile of the carpeting because the, the carpeting was really deep so you had to make sure she was in there you know like <laughs> after you vacuumed anyway yeah. oh my gosh i i this sounds like a house that i would have paid to take a tour of i mean it really <laughs> i love that she I was, was the baby how many siblings do you have um okay so i'm the baby of um brian bonnie brenda and bridget I'm like five years younger than the next one. So I was kind of an only kid. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Did your parents end up regretting that they named all their kids B names? Because I, uh, there are places like, for example, um, like neighborhoods where every street has, you know, like Glen something, Glen something, oh, yes. Glen Avenue, yes. Glen Avenue yes. South. And it causes you to not be able to remember any of the names. So I'm just wondering if, because, and also my, my mom is Marsha and her two sisters are Marilyn and Maureen. And all my grandmother did was call them by the wrong name. Like that's yeah, all and she going, did. Me, me, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's was always it. And then it would go, Bridget, right. Bridget, you, you, you. And you get in so much trouble. Yes. That but was clearly the she didn't learn between the first two. I mean, she didn't learn between the first two. By the time she had, you know, I mean, d clearly it was worth it to her because she continued to do it even after she'd had many children. Yeah. By the time they got to and you, they were like, kind of a Celtic oh, theme, kind of with the bride, you know, the kind of Irishy thing. Even though we were, we were Italian and German and a little Welsh, but yeah, they kind of went with that. She anyway, went, she went for the Bonnie Bray. Oh, that's yes. Scottish. Um, so you had your surreptitious uh, posters. Where was this, by the way? You said it was kind oh, of a um, small town. Okay, so level. I grew up in. Um, I grew up in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, which is um, not Sauk Center, which is where Sinclair Lewis was from, oh. in case you were going to rush to that conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like to rush to any conclusions. I like to really have my facts in order. I like to have my affairs in order before I make Sinclair Lewis assumptions. Exactly. Bunch of Midwest <laughs> authors. So I grew up in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, and... Um, my so it's kind of central Minnesota. So like if you were going to go shopping, you'd drive to Minneapolis, St. Paul. You know, like an yeah. hour and fifteen minutes away. So it was you know like far flung suburb, but in into the small town territory. But um, uh, and my parents were they owned a bar and a nightclub, and then my dad was the mayor. Oh my, that's why he yeah. had to have you had to have such an ostentatious house. Exactly. I mean, royal. Was, that's the closest you come to royalty in that town is being. Yes, the mayor. you know, Mary Jo Peel's dad was also the mayor. <gasps> really? And 
our dads were the mayor around the same time. We were first families around the same time. Oh, uh, it was goodness. called the Minnesota first Miracle. Families, I cannot even we stand this. It's we wonderful. Were. I was and the first we... daughter. What What was your security <laughs> detail like? Was it 10, 12 guys? Yes. <laughs> no, we also, my sister was the queen of the town. Um, oh, she Lord. was Miss Sock Rapids. And there was a big parade. And my sister was in the parade. And my mom and dad were in the parade. And um, then there was floats of our bar and our restaurant in the parade. So it was an all Jones parade. <laughs> you, guys, you guys owned that town. People were probably afraid of your family. They were like, don't say we don't people disappear in this town. We don't know what happens to them. We think maybe they get baked into the foil of the bathroom. <laughs> Absolutely. The they, they lost into the plush carpeting of the Jones home. <laughs> I think that happens in the Billy Joel video under uh, or pressure, not under pressure, but. Um, oh, God, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Somebody gets eaten by a plush rug. I'm pretty sure because it really stuck with me because then when Al Yankovic took over, they had him take over every once in a while. He would have Al TV instead of MTV. Yes. And he loved that com uh, that commercial. He loved that video. And um, and so he would play that, but he would like insert his own voice in that part. So it would oh just be the gosh. regular. It would almost be like, you know what? It would almost be like MST3K, but for a music video with Weird Al because he would just let it play and then all of a sudden at that part, you would hear his voice over the sounds of the video going, ah, help me. Ah! So now that I'm thinking about it, there really was like a crossover. There's some real brand it, crossover that could have worked It probably there. is because we're all kind of the same age. And, and I think the carpet, the big plush carpet was like a huge deal because um, you were finally, um, you could, the wall to wall carpeting was a thing. We're not going to have those old, dirty wooden floors of the, you know, right. the frame houses anymore. We've got these suburban houses and you can just carpet them and we're on the go and, you know, and it's luxurious. And we're I think, I think it what is that? <laughs> Listen, we are we're moving so fast. We slip on those wood floors. We got to have traction because we are a mayor. <laughs> we're the first family. <laughs> and the heels i remember people's heels digging into them oh, anyway sure sure you're basically you you've you're you've invited a woman to wear heels into a, an indoor lawn for her yes heel to exactly exactly in. but the, the carpeting looms large i we i can remember it being installed and it being a huge huge deal did it smell like new carpet for a really long time we were so high for like a week the whole family <laughs> did you honestly did you feel any pressure because your family was were you were you just a, such a good kid that it didn't really matter one way or the other or did you feel a, a sort of pressure of you know my dad's this my mom's this my sister's this like we sort of have uh we, we have a we have a, a chokehold on this town <laughs> we have a vice like grip on the town um <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I was younger. So like, um, my, my mom, uh, so my brother and my sister were working at the bar and then my sister Brenda and I would like stock at the liquor store and things like that. But they, that was a, I was like a sixth grader when my sister was, I was just at that great age where you're just watching, walking around, watching everyone mm -hmm. It's your autonomous. So nobody really pays any attention to you anymore. And you're watching it all. So it was like summer of 76 and we had the bar and my brother was working there and, you know dating everybody that lived in the town and he was cute and girls liked him. And then my sister was the queen of the town and my dad had been the mayor the previous year. So it was just kind of a, I was watching everything. I was a little kid watching it all. 
You listen, you are a very handsome woman, so I can't I cannot say that I'm surprised <laughs> that that was a family of lookers. That is there's nothing about that that surprises me. We first met. I mean, I like to joke about this um, because I because if any opportunity to kind of tease Mike is a, always a pleasure, but also because 100 percent accurately, I the first time I met you. Uh, yes. which was now many, many years ago. Uh, yeah. Mike said, oh, you know, we're let's all, Cole and I were recording a, a riff track. Um, and Mike said, oh, well, you know, my, you get a chance to meet my wife. And I think, I think that was the first time we met. I, I feel like we met in San Diego. I know we certainly hung out oh, in San Diego. But absolutely, I, that's the first time I yeah. ever met you. And he brought you in. And I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, I listen, not in a way that was romantic. So I don't want to make you feel like uh, I'm coming on to you, even though I sound probably <laughs> like I am. But it really was like within the first couple of sentences we exchanged, it was like everyone else faded away. <laughs> and and we, yes, it is true. Clicked on <laughs> us. And I don't remember anything else from that. Didn't I just remember being like, well, Mike, I love your wife. You are now a nobody to me. You'd be nothing to me. I don't know if it's cloudy (laughs) or bright. That's it. I only have eyes for you. (laughs) It was at that really stinky restaurant. It was a Mexican (laughs) restaurant. It smells like cleaning fluid. You know how some restaurants uh, just yes. smell like the thing that they clean Especially the table Especially the water cups, because you lift up the water to have a nice refreshing sip of water, and it smells like Clorox or something, yes. and you go, I, yes. th- surely I shouldn't ingest this. But th- that's exactly it. It did smell like Clorox the whole place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Even, re- I don't even remember that. I only remember... <laughs> Janet. <laughs> but like... Why does the world keep us apart? <laughs> And it really has. It really has. I I was like, I think I thought, well, this is going to be great because now I have the delightful Bridget Nelson in my life, and it's just a no brainer that somehow I'm going to see her all the time. And then I and then I just never saw you again. Well, you got, but because you became so successful, you really got busy. Oh, and I don't mean got busy. I mean you were busy with your career. <laughs> I guess that's why. I mean, looking it's back true. now, it feels like a real waste because we could have been friends this whole time instead of me we wasting my time on my career. We could have been friends talking about all this stuff. Okay, but I have a really quick question. Mm. Um, I remember, okay, did you do something for Benefit Cosmetics? <gasps> yes, I forgot about that. Were you like yeah. their lo- the look of Benefit or like, how do I for, know that? There was some kind of, it was for a specific period of time and it was yeah it was some sort of thing for the website where if you went to the benefit website to order cosmetics there might be some sort of a video of me of you with just shellacked makeup on I mean I some I the last time I looked at a picture from that shoot which was many years ago I just sort of stumbled upon it um and I was appalled it looked like you know what I mean it really did it looked like a drag queen who who had been made up to look like me oh oh hardly but I know what you mean where you just think well why did you even use me when you could have put this much makeup on anyone that's right (laughs) that's right I never get that like you're everyone's pretty just take the first one and put them in there and put the makeup on them yeah can I be honest with you Listen, I don't, I hate to sound like a real uh, highfaluter. I hate to sound like I'm one of your family members in your hometown, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think I had to audition. I think that someone um, at the company knew I was from San Francisco and had seen 
like dinner and a movie or something and they just and they said just, hey would you like would they yeah would would you like to do this i'm I all think, for that i think yeah, they should yeah. do that with so many auditions just like we want that girl she's good bring her in why did they go through all these hoops you know how you go to an audition you're like there is absolutely no way i'm gonna get this and why am it's such a waste of time and you go and you park and you do it when they could just look they could just pick somebody and they'd be able to do it just fine if you're at yeah. the audition you can do it I I agree with you. I think there's there's this the the hope that we always have, and and you know there are these like very blue moon occurrences where every once in a while you hear the story of somebody who you know they were like, well, we wanted this kind of person, you know, and then this person came in, and we don't even know how they got the audition, but they just blew us away, blew and us we ended away. up rewriting the whole role just for them. And you're like, I could be that person. What if I'm because if you're if you're an actor anyway, it's sort of predicated on the idea that you're willing to gamble uh, and know that the house always wins. So you sort of have right. to be prepared for that anyway. But you that, that also has to mean that there's some part of you that is holding out for these moments where, you know, you feel like you kind of break through something. Uh, right, right. But, but yeah, it's definitely a humiliating process. There's no question it's about totally it. totally humiliating. And here in Minneapolis, everything's just for casinos. Like, because oh, that's yeah. usually the best paying gig. Yeah. And um, so, you know, like the last one I was in, I was like in the background just dancing with like an, another guy. And I'm like, why do they have me with this guy, this old guy? And then I realized, oh, I'm the old woman dancing with the old guy. That's why I'm with this guy. <laughs> no. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. I think there was some point at which I hit the age where you realize that what your perception of yourself inside is and how you appear on the outside is maybe not matching. And and yes. you get you get a long time before that happens. Like you sort of, you know, if you're lucky, if you're if you're lucky, you get a long time before that kind of switches over and then it is very surprising. And I remember my grandmother saying that to me when I was really little. I remember her saying, you know, I I just feel I think I feel about 30 and then I just look in the mirror and I say, who's that old lady? Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? But that's definitely true. And especially you, like you, you have a, um, you know, you have energy and you kind of have a, a vivaciousness that people respond to. And I have a lot of energy and um, I guess people think it's youthful. And if you keep moving your head so your hair moves, they can't see how old you are. And so that's kind of been my strategy. <laughs> Just, so you're not going to groom your hair into a shellac like the Fonz. You didn't, you didn't take on but that See, particular. this is what you don't understand. I looked like the Fonz during the Fonz <laughs> era. I had super short hair because we all had super fuzzy hair. So my mom just kind of kept it short. So like if my friends and I played Grease, 
I always had to be Danny Zuko. Oh, man. First of all, let's give it up for you you and your friends playing Greece. Yes, Um, we would play (laughs) Greece. I get it. I would act out Huey Lewis videos. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not act out what was happening in the video. I would just create new music videos that were not being recorded for anyone, but just in my backyard. I love Huey Lewis. I, 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 I don't know if I'm making this up, but I think I know this about him, that he was like almost gonna quit. And then <gasps> now you're talking about the same kind of thing that happens with the person in the audition. You're 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 allowing this idea to live on. Let, let me hear it. Let me hear the legend of Huey Lewis. I'm ready. <laughs> this could it. be completely made up. You know how you make up things in your head like, you know, about your family. But anyway, I think he was ready to quit. And honestly, Janet, I don't have any more than that. And then he did it. <laughs> 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 Lo, the story of Huey Lewis, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, well, that's enough for me. Kids, that's enough let this for inspire me. you. <laughs> you was, was he was about to give up. And then look what happened. Yeah, he well, did. he got famous, but what are the steps in between? Like, was he discovered? Well, listen, I, he was going to quit. And end But of then story. he didn't. Yeah. Because I think he was getting, I'm going to bring this all the back away around. Because he was getting to that age, I think, where he didn't look young anymore. Because by the time you and I saw him, he was not a young guy. Yeah, no, he he definitely fell right into the appropriate age category. I'm sure that anybody who's listened to any number of times I've discussed the men that I had crushes on when I was little will say that I have like the biggest Electra complex in the world. I do not have romantic feelings towards my father at all. Right. He's a great guy. But because he introduced me to all of his favorite stuff when I was very, very little, because he was a single dad and like in his mind, he he was was. like, you know, he'll watch, you know, he'll watch Sesame Street with me. But then he also is going to, you know, put on like a fish called Wanda and not really necessarily be thinking about like how young or old a kid is supposed to be when they see these these comedies and stuff because in his mind he just was very very protective about me seeing violence or seeing scary things because i was a Mm crybaby but um but you know the the comedy stuff he i think he was he was just kind of he just wasn't overly protective about and so all of the stuff i was watching was like steve martin movies and kevin klein Mm -hmm. and this and that and so in my mind those were like the leading men to have a crush on and so those were the people i had a crush on and then my dad was way into huey lewis and i was like he seems age appropriate for me Right, right. Um, and you know i was i mean i was i was a very little kid uh my dad took me to a huey lewis concert no and way. I think I convinced myself that Huey Lewis looked at me <laughs> when I was and looking he... at him through binoculars. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was so, I mean, he was he, like, he really sold out. You know, he came to Tucson, Arizona, and wherever we were was just packed. And it was a large convention center. And we yes, were so far he's away. Fun. He's, yeah. You know, it's just all the songs are really up beat and they're and they're fun and he's very um I'm, i mean this is what if this turns into the all huey lewis podcast <laughs> i'm ready but i'm he, ready he's handsome and he's very he's very masculine but he mm-hmm. was he's just he's a guy and he was having fun he wasn't a threatening kind of guy i don't know he wasn't like a mick jagger kind of that that kind of uh i don't know and to me, he would that that was scary stuff. But to me, he would list was just he was a guy. He was handsome, and it was good music and fun. Yeah, well, he I mean he had, did have a song called "The Tip to Be Square." So right, and then he aligned himself with Back to the Future, which was also this massive 
hit and Michael J. Fox kind of had that same vibe, right? I mean, he was, Michael J. Fox was like the Huey Lewis of TV. Yeah, I guess so. He was just adorable and funny and sarcastic and very clean cut and, you know. Yep, everybody was was having fun again in the 80s. It was, everything was fun again. Because like, That's right. I remember, you know, my, my siblings a little bit older and, you know, like my sister saying like, God, all I wanted to do was like wear gloves and go to homecoming. And, but it was the late sixties, early seventies. And I had to like, not want to do it and smoke pot. And I didn't want to, you know, she was oh, like, no. I really forced, wanted a guy to pick me up in a into... convertible and a V-neck sweater, but that just wasn't happening anymore. Oh man. Yeah. That's really, I mean, I think by the time I was a teenager, you know, then we get into the 90s. And that, for me, felt like, every, I, I don't know, I guess, I, and I could be completely wrong about this, but that that felt to me more like, suddenly anything goes, mm-hmm. like, it felt more to me like there was just a diversity of whatever you were into. Um, oh, there was more of it. All, absolutely. And so there wasn't, you know what I, I mean? Abso- it wasn't any one thing. I absolutely agree with you that it's suddenly, um, yeah, there was all of a sudden this chopping everything up. I remember um, I used to do um, youth ministry and there was such a difference also with my age. Like I was, all the kids liked me and I was cool. And then all of a sudden I hit an age where I just seemed like their mom's friend and they didn't like me anymore. <laughs> oh, no. And um, But th- I really do remember in around 93, um, suddenly the kids... There was just so many different genres like of music they were interested in. Suddenly you could be watching a show that nobody else had ever, ever even seen or heard of or a band. It just suddenly fragmented so much more. There wasn't this homogenous um, uh, entertainment culture anymore. Yeah. I'm glad that you agree with me because I, if you had said that's stupid, Janet, I would have been like, you're right. You're right. It is stupid. It is stupid. I don't know why. And then I would have said, no, you're more right that it's stupid than me saying you were right that it was stupid. That's why we liked each other. Falling, falling over on ourselves. Um, would you, now, mm-hmm. I, I know that you had a big crush on people like uh, the Fonz mm-hmm. and, um, wait, who else did you say? I can't believe I've forgotten already. I'm really focusing in on the Fonz hardcore. I, well, I, John Travolta. Oh, right. Of course. Uh-huh. Travolta. And um, I really loved Dr. J. And um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's wonderful. And Carl Lewis. Oh, yeah. And, and there was the, one more. And athletes like that. I really, I was yeah. totally into that. I really wanted to be, um, when I was a little younger, yeah, I would have loved to have been a basketball player that was a man. <laughs> and you looked like the fawn. <laughs> You're very tall. Painting were you quite ta- a did picture. you were, were you were you a tall kid? Did you get do you get tall uh, early on? Um yeah, I will not no not noticeably like, oh, she's tall. I was just super skinny and I had a lot of hair and these kids used to call me um Conway Twitty. <laughs> Oh no. And Waterhead. But it was and it was this, okay. is, this is during the era when they all liked you? Yes, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody really liked me. I was I think I was annoying to my family and uh but I was just around. <laughs> no. No way. Were you but so were you athletic? Did you end up playing sports in high school? Oh yeah, I was. I was um I wasn't I could never do back bends so I, I or like girl stuff like gymnastic stuff, but I was a really fast runner and um my sister and I we loved basketball. We were like gym rats. So I, so, so like, um, title nine was like 72 or three, I think. And, um, so I was still a little kid, but my sister who was good at stuff, I mean, she was just on like, we got to have a girl's team. Let's put Brenda on there. So she was just like the star of everything. 
And I did whatever she did. So she liked basketball. So I liked basketball and we were all pretty good ball handlers. You know, we played, um, uh, point guard. And so we, you know, it's pretty good, but not by the time I was a junior in high school, I kind of liked boys more than sports, <laughs> you know, just pretty much right on schedule. And I ran cross country and I was really good at that and was good at track. But as soon as I had that, like, secondary puberty thing you know like you mm-hmm. kind of start and then and then that was over for me it was what what so it stopped because you would have had to commit more time yeah and effort into it than just hanging out with boys <laughs> well and yeah and I wasn't allowed to just hang out with boys but I suddenly you know my mom was strict in that way so but um I just I wasn't as good like when you know when you're scrappy and you're junior high freshman in high school and I was just yeah, 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 I'll run and now I'll do high jump. I'll do all this. And they suddenly started to just kind of, um, not, yeah, just it didn't come as naturally. And I had to start to train and stuff like that. And then I didn't really have any interest. And I'm not very competitive at all. I would way <laughs> rather make somebody laugh and be my friend than beat them at something. Yeah, boy, I get that. Yeah. I definitely get that. Yeah. So in terms of how you're, I know that, uh, that as you said, your mom was fairly strict. Did, um, were you allowed to date really at all uh, under supervision or anything? Or was it really that, as strict as, you know, um, come home at this time? Yeah, and No, you, you know, my mom was boys. a little bit more of a bark than, you know, kind of her bark was worse than her bite kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, but we weren't really allowed to go on a date until we were 16. But then um, all three of my sisters and I were the freshman princess, which meant we were 15, but you had to go to the dance. So we all got to go on a date when we were 15. Thank you for not asking me to call you your highness (laughs) from the beginning of this recording. (laughs) I'm sure you can enforce that title whenever you need to. Okay, it was attendant. I I was fudged it a little. I was the freshman attendant to the queen. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, that's what a princess is. <laughs> that's see. what a princess is. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. We called that. So my sister was the print the the um the homecoming queen the year before, and so she was the returning queen to crown the new queen, and I was the <laughs> freshman princess or <clears throat> excuse Got it. Me, attendant. But you know what? My mom and dad went on a vacation, and they so they didn't see it. And they, so that's what happens when they're the youngest kid. They're like. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it'll be fun. Bye, kid. It's like ten Your bucks royalty, on the counter blah, for blah, me. Blah. Yeah, yeah. Go get yourself something nice. It's a dress, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Wear uh, one of your sisters, and I did. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure. Well, that, did that happen with with lots of stuff like clothes and whatnot? Just to be kind of falling into the natural hand me down category. Yes, absolutely. So it wasn't like by the time you came along, it, you were five years apart. So they had already tossed whatever it was that you would have ended up. No, with. the gowns were all in the it. back closet. Oh, the gowns, <laughs> the beautiful gowns. What was your, do you remember what your freshman uh, princess uh, gown was? Uh, yes, it was a dress my sister wore to my brother's wedding. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was peach, which is very big at that time. And it was peach and it had kind of a, um, like, let me think, an overlay of, of kind of a chiffon with a little belt and then kind of a kind of a cape. Oh, superhero. <laughs> you know, like a kind of a half capey thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I do know. Yeah. And you could I don't take think that I ever off. got to wear a half cape. I'm positive I've never worn a half cape. And it, I'm a little bitter. It was a half cape. It was beautiful peach. And you could hook it. You, you said it was removable. So you could sort of hook it on and then yep. take it off bolero style. Yeah, but I never took it like off. It. No way. Yeah. <laughs> 
When you have the opportunity to wear a half cape, you exploit it to its fullest potential. Uh, were you a good student in addition to being the princess? I am going to give you one guess. <laughs> you were a fantastic student. <laughs> no, I was um, not a very good student. Oh, really? No. I really would. I really would have thought that you assuming that I could guess would be assuming that I could guess that you'd be a great student. No, I was just thinking, um, I guess maybe that's my, that was a bad thing, but no, I was a bad student pretty much from day one on. I had a hard time (laughs) reading and all that until about fifth grade. And then, um, I used to do, which is funny because my, one of my kids ended up doing this too. Um, I used to, but I could, you know, I was, could catch on to stuff. So I'm like, okay, smart people read big books. Um, I'm going to get, a book in the library and put that on my desk, you know, like a big Shakespeare anthology or something. You wanted like, a prop. And that'll fool everyone. But by, um, right, right around fifth grade, um, all of a sudden I could, I could read, but I just could never really spell. And I kind of had bad handwriting. I always kind of looked like serial killer was writing everything. <laughs> and um, so it just, I just wasn't good at school, but it wasn't dumb and everyone knew that, but I just was not academic. Was there any, were there any subjects at all that kind of stood out to you because you had a particularly great teacher or there was just something about the subject matter that kind of caused you to rise above your, your averageness? Well, I'll just tell you this, this, I used to do this in my standup act. My, I got a, I got a, um, uh, a report card in sixth grade and it said, Bridget is scatterbrained, but delightful and refreshing. Oh, and then like a little little asterisk, she enjoys religion. And so that's pretty much me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's quite wonderful. I did love religion class and um, and I liked talking about it and um, uh, and just, yeah, I enjoyed that. And I liked I liked social studies or like any kind of history. I really always enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, was there and 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 we know what happened with the sports. We did great, and then we took a giant dive mm-hmm. off a cliff when mm-hmm. boys came into the picture. Um, were were you getting? Were you into theater or performing or anything like that? Well, then? as this is just, I can't believe it because um, our high school was they condemned the North Building, which is where oh, no. the theater was. <laughs> and no, there was no plays the whole time I was in high school. There were plays when my brother was in high school, and he was in everything, and they were great. And then. Um, my sisters didn't do it, but like the year I got there, they didn't have a theater for the whole four years. That stinks. I know. It they re- didn't even convert the cafeteria temporarily. Nothing. So I had mm. to go to the public school one summer and audition for summer, like the summer thing. And I was Chava in um, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So this is a private school that you were going to and they couldn't, they couldn't fork up enough to get the yeah. building. It was a Catholic school fixed. in the seventies. There was, there, yeah, there wasn't any money and you know. We the public schools are way better in my town than the Catholic yeah. schools. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's that's got to be unusual. You know, they didn't really. I don't think the Catholic schools um, really started to kind of become like how you think of a. Excuse me, my poppy, my peas. Um, a um, more like a private school until really the eighties. Before that, they really were just supported by the the parish. You know, the parishes that they were. So they they weren't. They were not how we think of them today. They just, they just weren't, they were very, I mean, the nuns weren't getting paid very much. They were substandard in a lot of ways. Gosh, I did. This is the first time I'm really thinking about this or or hearing this, but 
but it does kind of make sense in comparison with some like some stuff that I've heard referenced. I don't know. You just like you. It's it's so drilled into us now that that the Catholic school, you know, going to a private Catholic school means you're going to be in a you know a really small class with you know a lot of attention and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. No, that really wasn't the case. And and where I was from was um uh, uh so Catholic like. I think um, I think it was like ninety eight percent Catholic sometime in the early seventies. My that area of Sauk Rapids, St. Cloud, Minnesota. It wasn't like the Minnesota Swedish Norwegian. It was very much a German Catholic enclave, and so you just went to the Catholic schools because every church had a school, and um, so they were. You did get, uh, I think, academically there were some real standouts, and they could handle it with the brothers and some of the priests and the, and the, and the nuns. You know, some highly educated people, but there wasn't money for those those athletic things and the play that stuff was all secondary but they let you that you you were able to go to the the public high school to audition for fiddler on the roof mm -hmm. um uh, that's I, I that seems unusual to me yeah I, during the was summer that something that well it was more like the, a summer oh, oh just thing. oh okay got it got it got it got it yeah, yeah 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 so yeah so it's not like they took pity on you in my mind you showed up like oliver twist um <laughs> <laughs> like begging to please may i please audition for your play but they did like one acts and stuff though. And, and I wanted everyone to go and audition for, a, um, and in junior high there was, they did the Hobbit and I wanted everyone to go and audition all my friends. And then I didn't get in because I was getting oh. a bad grade in English and she was also the director. She wouldn't let me in the play. I was furious. Oh no. I know. What does the Hobbit, the play have in it? Is it a bunch of Hobbits? Or is it like elves, hobbits? Yeah. I'm, I'm and ashamed the, and to say the, I don't know it as a play. And the spiders in it too? Ooh. Because like seniors, like there were some older girls that were like the spider, kind of sexy spiders. Oh, sexy spiders. <laughs> I mean, what, uh, what would, do you remember what your goal role was? Was there a specific thing you thought, I'm going to nail this and I'm going to get this role? <laughs> Janet, I do remember reading the script. So I don't know who I was reading, but I... um said it all I had to say, say was Gandalf Gandalf and then I thought it would be a nice touch to fall to the floor <laughs> <laughs> and then of course to hear in English class that I didn't get in because I you know still had like three assignments due it was like the injustice oh uh, wait so she she announced it to you in front of the whole class? No, that's what no. she told me. Why? Because I went to look and my name wasn't on there and then I was crying. Oh, you know, I was sad. What a terrible feeling. And then the feeling of going, yeah, the feeling of seeing a list. Sorry to interrupt you, but just that feeling of seeing a list. Any any child who ever was hoping to see their name on a list and then doesn't see their name, it's such a specific heart-shattering moment. It is. It, you're exactly right. You You can't believe it you cannot believe what you're not seeing what if you were you were staring at the paper like re redoing your audition in your head yes like, of course Gandalf no I had no I was great Gandalf Gandalf yeah no oh, I should have got this <laughs> <laughs> that's when the cycle of shame started so that's when I just yeah must I must have just loved that experience and decided to go on auditions and and not get jobs I guess I thought that would be a fun <laughs> way to spend my life sure 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 uh so when so when you graduated did you graduate um like I mean you graduated with, with no honors I guess <laughs> 
you bad. graduated. This is bad, like for you know women. That I maybe you don't want anyone to hear this one. This is an empowering episode for women. It's listen. Nobody you nobody is saying that the fact that you didn't have a tremendous interest in academics in the way that they were presented to you when you were in high school is some kind of. You know, <laughs> no failure I, as a woman. Okay, here's the thing though, and I was so clueless because all of a sudden, like my friends were like, "I'm in the top ten and then there's like a valedictorian. And I, I didn't even know what any of it was. But I think there was maybe a hundred kids in our class, and I probably was like around eighty fifth or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I seriously you were, but listen. Sounds did. like you excelled at religion. I did. I really, I really did. And I would always, um, I would work on those. And it's interesting because it kind of, you know, played out in my life. I still, you know, interested in in all of that. I'd love to read all of that. And yeah, so I, I kept that, but I did go to college. So I don't know, somebody, I think Father Joe wrote a letter for me and I got into college. Oh, Father Joe. In a religion class in a Catholic school, are you being exposed to, is it sort of religious studies in the sense of here are other world religions and here's kind of what they believe or is it mostly just here's the history of the Catholic Church and 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 here's the scripture and all that kind of stuff oh well it's kind of interesting because I um uh I had a, a, a woman that was um, kind of interning that year, and she was from the college, St. Ben's, which was a college nearby. And it was a, it was a um, you know, didn't, about all the different denominations, and it was about the Reformation. And it's kind of funny because I ended up becoming, leaving the Catholic Church and being what you'd consider a Reformed Christian, you know, just kind of of that um kind of the of the Luther Calvinist, you know, from the Reformation. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I ended up doing as an adult. And I remember being fascinated by it. Like, I want to read everything about this, about what was going on, the two, po- the two popes, the the uh, 95 thesis. Like, I, I was just really drawn to it. I, and I, I loved her. And I can't remember her name, but she always wore a jean skirt with knee socks and clogs. Oh, see, I like what I'm hearing there, too. I mean, she sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> she was a really sure. good teacher. I really loved her. Yeah, she sounds groovy. Um, I may have to talk about this uh, with you offline because I have realized that I find that all very interesting as well. And I I may have even brought it up on the, on the podcast before, um, possibly with someone else who went to a Catholic school who was, you know, very, very hands on in the history of, of the Catholic Church and all those kind of branches that branched off. But I do. I mean, I, it really is amazing how many different groups there are and when I have no real sense of like when this person sort of said okay this isn't working for me so we're going to branch off to this Mm -hmm, and we're mm -hmm, you know these mm -hmm. are the these are the things that that did it for us that that pulled us away um and and how all of those things kind of splintered and fractured and kind of became all of these different versions I think uh is is really fascinating and and I know very little about it so it must be even more fascinating than I think if I know so little and I'm still interested. Yeah, it is cool and it's it's um just within Christianity I can only speak you know of the splintering off. It's like it's good and it's it's bad because it's good because people want to um define what it is we're we're we believe and define what um we mean by this or that say you know something like the nicene creed this is what we this is it um and it's sad because there should always be unity in the church the idea is unity in in christ under underneath that that umbrella and so 
it's one of those, it, it's good and it's bad at the same time. And so I mm. think what's good about our times is nobody kills each other about that anymore. <laughs> we just talk yeah, about it. At least not I in think the that's United a real States. step ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, we'll take it. We'll take any, any slight decrease in meaningless violence, I think is probably a, a, a pretty good step. Yeah. Yeah. That um. generally works. So they should go to a Huey Lewis concert and just get along. When people people did not understand the message that Huey was really spreading, and if he he could have really you know he could have united this nation in a way that I think people just weren't ready for. I think so. Um, He's probably at a casino near me right now. I mean, I probably there was a point at which I heard he was maybe there was something going on with him, or maybe he was sick or something, and he couldn't sing. I have a vague memory. I think you're right. I think you might be right. Oh, Huey, huge. Huge. Look up on. Oh, huge. We're gonna have to look that up and find out what's going on. Uh, now I feel guilty that I've, I've let him down I by know. not remembering exactly what's going on. What other eighty singers did you like? Um, I mean, it, it was kind of like what it, you know. It's a real combination of what my dad was excited about and um, what I'm like. I'm trying to remember what I when I started getting into music on my own, even, and I'm even including like other people sort of introducing me to, like, I remember when I got into Depeche Mode, Mm -hmm. but that was the early nineties, uh, feeling like, Oh, I found a thing that I kind of feel like I found almost on my own. I think one friend had kind of played something and I was like, I like this, this I'm into this. And, and so much else, uh, I just remember inheriting from, you know, friends who already had like a passion for for someone or the other. Um, like, you know, my cousin Tammy had just a million Duran Duran posters on her wall because she was allowed to put posters yes, on her wall. Luck. Don't be jealous. But so much. Yeah. And 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 I I was I loved and she had loved Boy George. So she loved all the sort of makeup wearing new age right, boys. Right. And I just was so fascinated and I think thrilled by you know these boys that all these girls had crushes on who also were wearing just a tremendous amount of makeup yes yes um I I just thought that was like peculiar and wonderful and uh and and did your cousin Tammy did your cousin Tammy was she one of those people that they just also had a lot of music those kind of people were always amazing to me like where are you getting the money to just go buy stuff yeah it's funny because I don't think I don't think of her as being that person. I think of her as just loving those bands. Um, but I definitely had friends in high school who, yeah, who constantly had new stuff and were excited about uh, about things that they would want to share with other people rather than being super precious about them, which, you know, that also happens. Mm-hmm. And it even happened with me a little bit, I think, very protective of the music you like. I was very excited about They Might Be Giants. Mm-hmm. Um which those guys are from up north, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I remember um, wondering, like, am I supposed to, can I like this? Is this, is this a thing? Should, is this actually a thing I can like? Or is this just a joke? And I'm going to be embarrassed that I say I like them. Oh, yeah, because they were so, because they were so sort of like, is this music? Or is this making fun of music? Yes, yes. Or what's happening here? I didn't quite get it. And I always remember, especially in high school, being a little bit afraid to like, say, who I liked because all the boys were listening to like Molly Hatchet and 38 special and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I guess that's on and it's we're out in the woods and it's a party and it's fine, but I'm not really enjoying this, but I know that I love um, 
Duran Duran so much and that soft <laughs> cell song, Tainted Love. <laughs> I just knew. Oh, heck oh my yeah. God. Oh, for sure. That song, that song was a, a huge part of my, uh, my era of being goth because I went to this all ages club that, uh, you know, all kinds of bad stuff was happening. Like an all ages club is probably never a good idea. I know. Um, yeah. I hated when my kids would go to them. Yeah. Well, but I mean, f- quite frankly, probably for good reason. Yeah. Cause there, there was just, yeah, it was like, there was alcohol, drug, like everything. There was everything there. Um, and, uh, and that song would inevitably play at least, <laughs> I guess probably only once, but for sure every night that I was ever there, that song would play. And it was one of those songs that I guess for some reason, like everyone would be excited about. So yes. suddenly the dance floor would be very full of teens and yes, it felt people very who new. be dating teens because they're fully grown adults. Yes, yes, it felt very new. And I remember singing into a, um, like a uh, deodorant, um, you know, like a stick of deodorant, like a microphone like to a that song. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, you bet you did. Like at a, we were changing to go to a football game and that was on and we were singing this. Yeah, yeah. I don't oh. remember what it was. It might have been arid extra dry because it had like a ball, <laughs> like a microphone. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, if you have a roll, if there's a roller, it's you got yourself a microphone. It was definitely a, a roller. It without, was definitely without a any problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. And I'm Judge John Hodgman. If you live on the west coast of North America, we're coming your way. That's right, Judge John Hodgman is taking justice to the west coast on tour. Starting where? Vancouver, British Columbia, January 15th. Then to Seattle, Washington on the 16th. Portland, Oregon on the 17th. San Francisco, California on the 18th. And Los Angeles, California, the City of Angels on January 22nd. Tickets are on sale now. You can find links to all of the shows at MaximumFun.org. And if you're going to be in one of those cities and you have a dispute we can try on stage, send it to us. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. I'm ready to judge you on the road. Take that, Jack Kerouac, author of On the Road. So here's the thing I totally forgot to tell you that I do on the on the podcast, and I don't know if you know if you ever played Mash, but I uh, I, I I hesitate to press pause because we have to sync up our files. Um, so, but I also hesitate to put the listener through explaining what a Mash game is. But Mash stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, and House, uh-huh. and it's just like a, a game that we would play as kids. And basically, what I'm going to do is you really only just have to answer these questions. You don't have to do anything more than that. And then there's a process by which I kind of eeny, meeny, miny, mo these little different categories. And then I present you with this this future of all of these ridiculous things that you're going to have as sort of an alternate universe, uh, Bridget Nelson fantasy life. Okay. Wait, what? Does that make any- I told you. I, was I know. I know. None of, 
I know none of that made sense. I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to let you discover what this is as we go along. So okay, okay. you're just no, going to have to, I get it. I think I kind of get it. It's basically a cruel improv game where you come up with a bunch of answers that you immediately regret and then think, why didn't I say blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I get it. I get it. But here, but we'll start with, we'll start with this. So we're going to do, um, th- give me three and, and at the end you'll end up with one, but give me three bands that, um, you wish you could magically conjure to uh perform for you at will three bands or or singer songwriter or you know some sort of liberace type okay 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 dean martin great the replacements nice and okay another band a band a band oh the class menagerie singers Oh. They were the singing group at my church growing up that my parents were the cool hip ones and it was like a singing group and they sometimes put out records. So I think that would be kind of an interesting. Oh my. Oh yes, indeed. To, Absolutely. And get it? The class menagerie. Oh, oh I get it. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm afraid I get it. I'm, I am I mean, I'm making fun of it. I, that's all I do all day long is just come up with terrible puns. So there you go. So, like I mean, them. this is yeah. not in stone. Like you're just saying what I come up with right off the bat. This isn't like true. That's so right. I don't have to try. Two and... hours from now, you'll regret every Okay. Yeah. So it's not like where I have time, to but... be like, be cool about this. I mean, I suppose Huey Lewis no, too, since we, cool but you know, it. maybe you can sprinkle him in. Well, listen, I don't know how it works. Sprinkle him in. Okay. I'll do this instead. And listen, this is the, I couldn't feel more uncomfortable about doing this when I know who your wonderful husband is. But this is a mash game. And typically as a child, when you would play it, you would also say like three alternate universe, you know, husbands or like boyfriends or like prom dates. Um, So that the reason I'm opening this up to you right now is that if you wanted to, for example, pick Huey Lewis as, you know, uh, uh, alternate universe prom date, I could I could sprinkle him into that category. Okay. Can I pick Mike? Yes, but that's me really sad when you don't get him. But maybe you will get him. Okay, George Washington. Okay, great. Um, I did put Mike in there, by the way. So uh, here's can I, I ask a question? Yeah, Dean Martin. I, I I loved him as a kid. Like I would <laughs> kiss his album. I would like put it, you know, in that yeah. in the couch where so it would be at my height, and I would like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm so grossed out because I think he was a womanizer and that super grosses me out. Like I never understood women that wanted to go with men that they knew were with yeah. lots of women. Like I was always grossed yeah, out by agreed. that. So you can have that. You can have the Dean Martin that was in your imagination. Okay. that would never be like that. Yep. Okay. You know what I mean? This is because this is all there's nothing negative about any of this. It's all sort of like what your idealized version of something would be. Okay. I'll take you. Um, and then... So it's your ideal, Mike. It's your ideal George Washington. <laughs> I'm reading a book about Martha Washington and he just seems pretty awesome. Okay. So I like him. And then Julia Serving, I suppose, Dr. J. I mean, listen, I got to tell you, I opened up a category for Huey Lewis specifically, and he still has not made the list. This poor guy. I like him. I don't know that I want to date him. I don't know that I want. (laughs) I know. Huey, I Uh... like you as a friend. I just don't see us getting together. Okay, next category is three friends. From any era, any age, these are p- three people that you are not friends with, but they can be your friend in this alternate universe. Okay, and they're just friends. They're just friends. Yeah, that's, just friends. That you're gonna hang around with. Okay, <clears throat> just friends. I would pick on, on. I would pick the Apostle Paul. Okay, but he's so serious. 
can I scratch out well, the Apostle Paul and pick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think he'd like my cape. I, I mean, anyway. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I want to go with, um, how about C.S. Lewis? Great. So he could be my friend. Phyllis Great. Diller could be my friend. Great. And and let's just take Huey Lewis. <laughs> I mean, I keep, I, you have to. I know. Because I'm going to continue to adapt categories until it's such a small, tiny sliver where I'm like, okay, this is going to be pick three singers from the 80s who had short hair and a cleft chin. With big, giant man faces. With big, giant man faces. He does have a big, giant man face. Like Aaron Eckhart. That's what I thought. When Aaron Eckhart, you know that actor, when he hit the scene, I was like, oh, he looks like Huey Lewis. I think I think maybe anyone with a cleft little little dimple chin who isn't John Travolta, I think I'm maybe a mistake for Huey maybe Lewis at do. first. But they, there is a certain where the face is very large. That yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess I like big faces. Larger than life. Yeah. You're a real you're a real big face I lover. Love, I love Mount Rushmore, so yes. <laughs> George Washington. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, okay, three places anywhere in the world uh, where you would like to have a vacation home if getting there were no issue at all. I'm sorry um, that you had to hear that breathing. Um, no, I think it's good. I think it allows people to also remember to take a breath in their lives. <laughs> um, I you like know? that about you, Janet. It was, yeah. You're, that's the tiny, tiny portion of meditation I uh, provide. That's nice. In the middle in of the podcast. hysteria of two. Okay. Oh my yeah. gosh. I wish that I was a person that, I think this is a bad thing about me. I am not a like, I don't have wanderlust. And so I have not traveled a lot because I'm always at home writing jokes. <laughs> I'm not allowed to leave. <laughs> no, I get um, it. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you, I I really love my sister's house. I love I love to be there. It's a beautiful fire and a Fantastic. beautiful home. It's right on the Mississippi. So <laughs> for sure, Bonnie's house. Okay. So basically for your vacation home, you're taking over your sister's house. Yes. yes. And she can go find something else. I love it. And she, yeah. Great. So I would definitely, definitely go there. Isn't this weird that Great. I'm having a time a hard time with vacation? Um No, not really. I mean I, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think that's Another place would be a place that I've kind of made up in my mind. I think it's in Sweden, but I've often thought of like this kind of cool ski chalet paneled with the fire and the snows outside and kind of a swinger pad in in my own made up Scandinavia. Oh, okay. So it's Scandinavia. Everything you described to me sounded more like the Alps of Switzerland. Okay, then maybe that's that it. Said, I told you I haven't been, I haven't traveled. So there, that sounds good. But 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 that being said, but that being said, you're, when you just start to describe the kind of the stylish furniture and stuff there is also plenty of skiing and snow god knows in uh, scandinavia and and i think your the style of it might actually fit that better so no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to shame you i'm not gonna uh, sweden shame you okay (laughs) it's a scandy it's Um, a scandy ski getaway and then you know what i just like ireland i like it there because it's just like there's when you go to ireland you're just in ireland that's what you do I mean, I have not gone yet, and I really want yeah, to. Yeah, that's what I love I about it. There's nothing you really have to see. I mean, the Book of Kells, but, like, you can see that online, and it's the same thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's just, you're just there. I just want to want, I'm happy to wander the moors, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. It's beautiful. Just put me in there. I, I think that's great. Um, see, you did great. Okay. Uh, okay, next category is three 
uh, you can time travel to see three specific things um it can be and you're safe it's like you're in a little safety bubble so if you want to see what the dinosaurs were like you know don't feel like hemmed in by worrying that you know your brontosaurus is going to step on you or something because you're going to be fine so three real places that i could go to or yeah just like or or moments in time uh any any time in the future past any time you can just sort of see and and witness and experience oh uh, i I think um on ve day i would like to just be anywhere in the united states when announced when more was announced that it was over so a big city oh i would great great i would love i think that would have been super duper fun yeah 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 now i just need two more any time in the future, in the past, I think going to the future would be terrifying. So really, mm-hmm, yeah. any time in the fa- in the past. So I think it would be fun to go back and just be a little kid again, but be my adult mm-hmm. me and like yeah. say go back to 1976, the summer of 1976. Great, 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 great. And then I have to come up with one more. Can I do like? Can I do like <laughs> Janet picks? Can you pick one for me? No, no, that's not a thing. Do you have like a fishbowl uh, yeah. where you can pick answers out of? Um, no, I mean, listen, I like controlling people's lives, so I'm very happy to go ahead and pick something that I think that you would yes, enjoy. Please do. Um, maybe we should take you back to, uh, maybe maybe there is maybe there is some sort of moment in history with like a heroic woman who is kind of behind the scenes, like a Martha Washington or a um, okay. that poor little sweet lady Lincoln who just really went through it yeah. all. My goodness. She was kind That's of nutty, the book I so remember I don't reading. Be this. Yeah, I think she was a little... She was a shopaholic. She, was a little, she had a lot of strain, a lot of strain on her fragile nerves. Yes, she did. Um, um, yeah, okay, yeah. so something like that is good. Um, but it could also be that you solve a mystery. Like, oh, what if, you know, if I could be there to see this happen, then I know the answer to this thing everyone still speculates about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is just extra hard for me. Can we go on and come back? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm I just... put so much pressure on you. Oh, I know, I know. I'm gonna take your third one. Is going back to the night that we met at the Mexican restaurant. Okay, I'll take it. Because my brain is doing that like spinning beach ball, like a computer does right now. It's just going. <laughs> <"Rrr." laughs> This, the bad news is, is that I have uh, three more categories that I have to subject you to. But you're just going to... But listen, I bet this next one you're going to do great okay. at. So this next one is three foods or drinks, whatever, uh, that in this reality you're either allergic to or you love it, love it, love it, but you can't get it because you only had it once in this one place and you've never been able to have it again. Or, you know, you don't like that they have to kill a blank to have this so you stopped eating okay. it. Anything like that or just chocolate. You know what I mean? But the, in this alternate reality you can have these things in perpetuity with zero negative ramifications to anyone or anything okay i can totally think of one right off the bat <laughs> okay. I'll take my it. grandpa's tinziani spaghetti sauce and meatballs oh grandpa's because he's dead and so you can never really have them again so i would have those all the yeah. time they were so delicious wonderful and he would go he had one of those basement kitchens like italian guys do and he would scrape the oh it was the best the best okay did he was he very was he secretive too about what was in that what was in it or was he open i think he was pretty i think he was pretty open he just wanted to be left alone to do it and drink his mickey's big mouths while he did it just leave me alone don't (laughs) (laughs) you're in saint paul got a basement in saint paul yeah um okay um i would do that i would eat peanut butter sandwich Peanut butter Heck and yeah. jelly sandwich with chocolate milk every day of my life, if I could. Oh, wonderful. Agreed. Wonderful. 
uh see you're doing great i've never had to coax someone through more than i'm no i'm totally kidding uh <laughs> and i guess i have manhattans <laughs> i drink a manhattan every- there you go there you go there you go okay next uh next one is um three skills that you lack right now they could be very practical or they could be you know suddenly you can speak every language or you know suddenly you can speak i Italian totally have one right off the bat um, great. i would be a really good typer i'm a t- great i'm a terrible typist and it slows me down so much yeah yep great that's very practical um what and the, just give me two okay. more. I would be, um, I would love to be able to like hit home runs in the major league. Yeah, there you like, go. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, mm-hmm. here comes Mrs. Nelson, yeah. right? And I could just belt it. I think that would be the coolest yeah. thing in the world. Yes, it would be incredibly cool. I love that. Especially doing it in like the the stadium in San Francisco, like someplace like that, where people go out and they kayak and wait. Yes. Uh, in the bay to catch, uh, you know, catch a homer that goes all the way over the stadium. How imagine how exciting it would be to be the person who hits that over and yes. then the, somebody catches it and it. Ugh, I think it great. would be super cool because uh, then you fantastic. get to run the bases by yourself and you don't have to be in that great of shape to be a slugger. You know, like look at Babe Ruth. But I would want to do it just like in my street clothes, whatever I had on at the game, and I could come on. Just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There okay. you go. And they, and they just announce, "Here comes Mrs. Nelson." <laughs> they don't even say her. First name. Wife of Mr. Michael J. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind those. Okay. I wouldn't uh, actually. That would be kind of fun. Okay. And then one other like super uh, duper cool thing. Yeah, I guess I'd be a musician. I would just, I would be a singer. There you go. There you go. Because as a comedian, have you ever thought about, and I know this is nothing against singers or musicians, but do you ever think about like, Wow. You sing a song in 1967, and you get to sing the same song in 2018. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. And absolutely. You're a comedian, and, you know, you can't go, you can't tell the same joke from 1967. Yeah, yeah. No one, The very rarely is someone saying, God, I'm so happy. She just did, it. she always does the exact same thing over and over. It's great. I never get tired of it. Same 10 minutes. I remember kind of thinking that about Brian Regan when I was younger. I didn't have a sense of stand up in uh-huh. general. And someone took me to see Brian Regan and I laughed till I cried. And then the next time he came through, I saw him and he kind of <laughs> did do almost exactly the same stuff. And I was really happy. I was, because I just didn't understand the whole sort of like, you got you should break it up a little bit i was like it was like he was playing his greatest hits i was like oh i'm so happy he did that bit about the glasses like are these my new glasses and they're reading the chapter what book am i reading yes 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 exactly (laughs) see so maybe there are some comedians that you just kind of want you know the thing that they do that makes you laugh really hard and that's true that they they do have their greatest hits Um, i took my kids for um our boys, I have two, they're adults now and out of the house and married. One of them's married. But um, I gave them that for Christmas one year to see Brian Regan and parking, you know, because that's always the scary part when you're a teenager. And, oh, they oh, loved it. Yeah, it was sure. like the best Christmas present. They loved it, loved it, loved it. Anyway. Oh, God. He's a, listen, he's a good he's clean time. That's comedian. all I have to say. Exactly. Uh, speaking of, actually, speaking of, let's do three comedians, um, however you interpret that, uh, living or dead, that it would be really fun to have collaborated with or to get to collaborate with. Assuming I was funny way. as well 
and they wanted to hang out with me. Uh, which okay. you are, which you are. I will not accept you saying. <laughs> well, you know, know, I mean, but you want, you want them to like you. I would think it would be really fun to hang around with um, P.G. Woodhouse. Great. And then if I could just go back to the writing room of MST and just know how awesome it was, I would do it again. Great. MST 3K. Great. You know, it was like, it was super fun, but it's like anything you're young and you don't realize how cool and fun it is. Of course. No, 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 no. I, I think that's a And then choice. one more funny person. And then you just need one more. And then this pain, this pain I'm putting you through is almost no, over. No, it's really fun. Yeah. Okay, good. Joan Rivers. Great, great, great. Assuming she was, she okay, liked me. Uh, I would not like it if she didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, again, I'm not going to stick you into ah. the lion's den on any of these. This is meant to be whimsical okay, okay. fun rather than her roasting you without your permission. <laughs> um, okay, pick a number between, let's say, pick a number between one and seven. Four. Okay. Uh, I am going to quickly... Uh, whittle this down so that I tell you which thing you ended up with from each category. While I do that, uh, would you mind telling people sort of where they can find you, um, some of the riff maybe stuff that you've done with um, with Mary Jo, stuff like that? Hi, I am Bridget Nelson, and you can find me at rifftracks.com. Com, along with my comedy writing riffing partner Mary Jo Peel, we have tons of releases where we make fun of movies. And for example, uh, we just did one called Dress. No, what was it called? Um, uh, Scared to Death. We've done a couple Sherlock Holmes recently, so you can go to the website. We're also on um, Hulu and Netflix and any place where you get comedy stuff we're we're around on all the platforms so look for that and we come out with a movie and or a short every single month mary Jo peel bridget nelson oh, see, or rifttracks.com so good i love that you guys are doing it that regularly i think that's thanks so we were having so much um, fun doing it and we just have oh your your short in san francisco was so funny it was well, a thanks riot. and you guys were so funny I, it was that really was a fun night and it was super fun to have sean have his debut as oh, much yeah, as it stunk that Mary Jo couldn't be there, it was fun to, um, it was fun to, I mean, that was really the first time he had ever really performed, so. I know. Yeah, guys, you should go to rifttracks.com and uh, and do some nosing around if you aren't already familiar with uh, the wealth, the endless wealth of entertainment that awaits you there. Okay, madam, I have this, uh, the, I have okay. your results. Um, I'm very pleased with them. I want to first congratulate you on the very, very practical skill of being a phenomenal typist. Oh, yay, I'm so happy. I think that's very handy. Uh, I want to, now... Here's what's kind of funny about the whole vacation home thing. That's usually where I incorporate the MASH portion of the MASH game, which again stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. But then I realized that when we uh, picked some of your places, it, there is one specific place that it is kind of weird for you to get both an apartment and your sister's house. So I've decided that your sister gets to keep her house, but then you have a little apartment that's just on top of it. With a little staircase that takes you right it's down perfect. into her house. She so she can still live space. there. She can still live yes, there. Yes, yeah. it's great. 
Yeah. So that I think that worked out all right. Um, is there enough space for the class menagerie to appear on a whim and, and perform for you guys? Yes, on the lawn, right, right by the river. Yes. <laughs> good, good. I want you to know that that is at your disposal. Uh, I want you to also enjoy your friendships uh, and, in some cases, collaborations with such people as C.S. Lewis, your buddy C.S. Lewis, and your uh, friend and collaborator, P.G. Woodhouse. Oh, my goodness. They Pretty love fabulous. each other. Yeah. Uh, I want to let you know that if Mike has to be threatened by anyone in this scenario, he mm. need not worry too much because your date slash alternate universe life with George Washington, he's a <laughs> long dead. He is a <laughs> long dead character. He stands, he poses zero threat, uh, but you will have a very interesting uh, time talking and visiting and and, and being with uh, George Washington. Yeah, he was six foot four. I mean, he was, he was very well built, according to well, the book I'm reading. Anyway. Listen, it's getting a little hot in here. Watch out. Uh, and then that leaves us with uh, the two remaining categories. Uh, you may visit uh, the end of the war, VE Day, in, uh, I will say you can pepper yourself through cities in the United States oh, everywhere. Oh, awesome. So okay, big cities. Awesome. responded and then uh to celebrate or really any other time you want it you can have a manhattan with zero negative ramifications I unlimited like bottomless manhattans i like so, it i would have that manhattan just think with c.s lewis he he would have yes. one. I, I like it yeah i, I think, think all manhattan these people are was classy raise a glass yeah exactly it's re- it's very cla- <laughs> it's very classy menagerie um <laughs> <laughs> Bridget, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I only regret that we aren't in a room together, but it, this know. has been the closest and best thing to it. Uh, so thank you again. Um, I am going to thank uh, the listener and uh, reassure thank you that you. I will speak to you next time on the podcast. And uh, Bridget Nelson, thanks again. Thanks for having me. It was super duper fun. And um, I hope that we see each other again soon because I really like you two a lot. We got to make it work. I'm going to get up there. I got to get up there and make a visit because I haven't been Talk to, to my the... sister's house on the river. Your sister's house slash your house will do. <laughs> yeah. I'll we'll let her do. know. I'm in. <laughs> bye, Janet. Um, bye. <laughs> The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.